You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm here with host Tyler Aki from Locked on Syracuse. He is going to help me break down NC State and Boston College today. A lot of good content coming your way. And then we've got a little surprise at the end for you. And make sure you guys just remember, right, if you want to hear all of this good ACC conference news, there's no better place than our podcast. I host every single day with various guest hosts with me. They are all great guys. Apparently, according to J.J. Jackson, we need to do a rank off. So I'm just telling you now, Tyler. Oh, boy. <laughs> you might Pressure's have to do, on. to do a that host. me up real quick. <laughs> no, no pressure. But, you know, I'm just saying you've got to bring your a plus plus game today so make sure you guys follow the locked on acc podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts tyler how was your weekend it was good we finally got the nice weather here in chicago it's not quite acc weather yet but we're getting there we're, we're slowly go. getting there absolutely do you plan on like going to any acc games this fall is that kind of a bucket list thing for you or is it just based on wherever if you're available uh, it kind of depends on what's out here. Um, I I don't know. I'd like to travel. I, I'd love to get back to Clemson. I went there a couple years ago. That's a fantastic atmosphere. I love going down to the Carolinas. So I know I'm going to be out in Pinehurst in, uh, what is it, in mid-August, but there's not going to be any competition going on then. So of unfortunately, I don't know if I'll be able to make it to any, but we'll see. That yeah. can always change. Absolutely, especially if things get revved up here with the ACC. It's supposed to be a way better year than 2020 for the sake of we'll have guys who at least got a spring practice in there. And maybe you can head down to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, where we're talking about NC State today. A lot of good things coming out of Carter-Finley, a team that went 8-4 and four overall last season, was surprising 8-4, and 7-3 in the conference. A lot of people were not expecting NC State to pull out some of the wins that they did, but certainly they had a strong and solid year but you know you look at 2019 where they were four and eight and a couple seasons back they've won eight and nine games respectively but how good are eight and nine wins is cool 10 not 10 and 11 wins great but at what point are you like okay we need more than just middle of the road we have a couple losses here every now and again and we're actually going to be a team in conversations for Atlantic titles and ultimately ACC championships well, it's very tough to capture an Atlantic title, obviously, when you're in the same side of the division as Clemson, who's always going to be the top dog year after year. But it's going to be, can you win that one Clemson game every three, four years, and then uh, just hope you don't lose any other games in the conference and, and you can go neck and neck and have the tiebreaker with them. Again, it, a lot of it is playing for second against Clemson in this Atlantic, but NC State's one of those teams that, has the capability in terms of the recruits it gets and the the location and the draw of, of everything where they can be one of those teams that competes with Clemson to try to get to that ACC championship game. But listen, the offense last year, it wasn't quite Ryan Finley good, but it at least got better <laughs> up to 30 points per game, which is a, a touchdown raise from the season before that. So you like to see that progress. And now you're hopefully going to be a lot healthier heading into 2021. 
Now, listen, Bailey Hoffman gets a lot of flack, right? But if I if I mm-hmm. scale my flack, I'm giving Chase Bryce all of the flack when it comes to <laughs> and then everybody else. Mr. Uh, Culpepper and DeVito, I, I give them a little bit too. And maybe, you know, we look at, you know, grand scheme of things. There's some other guys certainly in there. But I really feel like Hoffman got a lot of flack. I think he oversold what he could bring to the table. And I think that's a big part of, you know, when you look at the quarterbacks of the ACC, you got to be halfway decent. And I think he tried, but he just wasn't that guy. What are your thoughts? Well, to me, it's one of those things where we hear all this stuff about NC State QBU. And Mm -hmm. you think about some of the the players that are in the NFL, I believe, until Phillip Rivers retired, NC State had the most NFL quarterbacks on rosters in the entire NFL. And it's crazy to think that because you think about some of the guys that have come out of there and it's nothing that special, really. I mean, sure. Okay. You had Philip Rivers and, and, and Russell Wilson, but you look at the recent guys that have come out of, the, out of there, like Ryan Finley was a good college quarterback, but outside of that, it's been kind of iffy. And I feel like Hockman was just the next in line of that. And I don't know if that's or how strongly NC state uses that as itself. I'd imagine that's a big recruiting pitch for them in terms of when they're going out and hunting their quarterbacks. But with Devin Leary, I think you're going to get something a little bit better heading into next season. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny. I always joke about Russell Wilson because I feel like they go hard about claiming him. And I'm like, but you guys let him go. You guys dropped the ball on that one. How do you, how do you, (laughs) how do you let the kind of talent go? And then he comes back for the commencement speech. I'm like, he, he buys in too. Apparently I need to shut my mouth because obviously he is very much. Or they pay him enough. (laughs) <laughs> that part too you know money money talks i can i can uh, throw up my wolf pack sign for the right price as well you know but no i definitely think that it's amazing how the quarterback qbu conversation is very prevalent in a place like carter finley but it's real and you know having devin leary kind of take the wheel after coming off the season of injury i think it's gonna be very critical for that offense and defensively you know losing guys like Aline mcneil to the nfl it's gonna be tough to try and figure out where you're your your bearings are in a sense because you know they have gotten up to six and seven guys in the league every year on that front but you know the past season and a half it hasn't been kind of the same conversation and I guess the nice thing yes sure they lost some pieces but you're going to return nine defensive starters now it was a pretty suspect unit from a season ago but sometimes what happens is you just need guys to get older get another year in a system And that can work wonders. You see it a lot with offensive lines. And I think the same can be said about the entirety of defensive units. When you bring back nine guys, even if you weren't a great defense the year before, sometimes that continuity on that side of the ball can be even more important than, oh, we got this four-star guy coming in and he's going to start as a freshman at cornerback. No, I don't think that's as important. I think it's more, can the defense help you as opposed to like I, I look at one of these key stats with nc state they are one in ten over the last two seasons when they allow at least 150 rushing yards that's not that big of a number either which okay i think that might be a, a bit of a flawed stat when when it's only 150 and you're one in ten because to me that says your offense isn't doing enough on the other side but at the same time once a team gets to that 150 mark, you kind of feel helpless. You kind of feel like your back's up against the wall, and maybe you start pressing. Maybe you start overcommitting on certain plays. So there's a lot to, to get into with this NC State team. Again, 
the ACC, I don't know as a unit how strong they're going to be. It feels like a lot of teams, as long as you're not playing Clemson or UNC, you're going to be able to win almost every game on your schedule. Absolutely. And looking into the 2021 season, are there any players, I know for me, besides Devin Leary, Emeka Mezzi, certainly I think he's due for a breakout year. Are there any guys that you're looking at like, okay, this might be the time for you to step up and really kind of stake your claim in this ACC uh, list of pretty much superstars? Yeah, I I look at Zonovan Knight, the running back for this Mm -hmm. team, and he's a guy who I've always really liked the the NC State rushing attack. It sounds weird, but like I think back to the Naheem Hines days, and mm-hmm. they had a couple of guys on that team who could really run the football, and it complemented Ryan Finley well. It, it took a lot of pressure off of him, and he was still a very, very prolific passer. So I look for Zonovan Knight to maybe take some pressure off of a young offense. And even though he's part of that young offense, he's only a sophomore heading into this season, but – I feel like he has a chance to have his breakout year this year. I'm looking at him. I'm pointing the finger at him. I think he's a guy who, at the end of the day, I mean, he may not be the all-ACC first-team guy, but he could contend for the second or third team because it's just wide open. No doubt. And so uh, Knight put up at least 800 yards on the year, and Emeka Mezzi put up over 700. So between the two, they could definitely give – you know, help Devin Leary get some shine during the season. And I think, again, you have uh, Peyton Wilson, who was already supposed to win the Defensive Player of the Year, but we had a little Notre Dame hiccup in there and threw things off. And, of course, when you got salty, (laughs) not bitter, not whatsoever. I think statistically, though, Peyton put up better numbers. And so that's what people are definitely confused about. And I mentioned Tanner Engel is someone who could not stay on the field due to a lot of – targeting calls and a lot were justified and it's just hopefully he can get his you know wits about him and figure out how to stay in games and help his team because we all know you cannot help a team if you're not in so I definitely think those are two guys defensively to make sure that we keep our eyes on but if you're thinking about betting on NC State this fall you've got to make sure you hit up betonline.ag we've got a ton of sports action you can bet on NC State football basketball which basketball is a lot of craziness going on for the Wolfpack right now and so make sure you tune in and lock and load who's going to be on that roster come fall you can do that with betonline.ag get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including MLB NBA and NHL before the next pitch head over to betonline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines as this is your chance to get into the game betonline your online sportsbook experts So we have to talk about the Atlantic Division, right? And so we got into this NC State conversation and switching gears and talking about Boston College, a team who, to me, is going to be the most slept on because I think the improvement there, the coaching staff is there, trying to get nag some recruits, trying to get some transfers, some recruits, just getting older in a sense and having a quarterback like Phil Jerkovich, you're not going to be any sort of scrub. So I think you can disrupt people's records when it comes to Atlantic Coastal, (laughs) when it comes to the ACC. So let's talk about the Eagles, right? I think they're a team who on paper did not have a great 2020 season, but there were glimmers of hope (laughs) from most of those games. That's the whole numbers lie right? Like six and five tells you mediocre. But if you ask any BC fan, that fan base is charged up. Four of those five losses came against ranked teams too. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they had a tough schedule 
went out there, won a lot of games. Seems like the players love Jeff Hafley. I mean, mm-hmm. he feels like almost the ACC's version of Tom Allen yeah, and what yeah. he did at Indiana. And I work with a former Boston College Eagle, Tom Waddle, and he, he's a he's one of the the legends in in Boston College receiving history. And he loves this guy. Everyone <laughs> loves this guy. All the alums. It seems like the players are really buying into him. And listen, this is a BC team that just frankly took care of business last year. They didn't do anything over the top that would have wowed people, but they did what they were asked to do. They, they won a lot of these grinded out wins. I think of the Louisville game, Syracuse game, pick game. Again, it's not like those teams were world beaters, but you took care of business in some of these 50, 50 games. And those are the games that a couple seasons ago, three, four years ago, you're probably going one and two in those games. And instead you went three and out. Right, right. And I also think that having that NFL pedigree has certainly helped happily when it comes to recruiting and just being able to say, I recruit a certain level of talent and I've brought those guys and taken them to the next level. You got to get a little bit of a believer because how not, right? <laughs> like he's done right. it, it's proven on paper. And I think that's definitely one of his selling points. No doubt. I mean, this guy, and now the next step for him is there's going to be a split in the road. Are you going to end up taking the Matt Campbell trajectory where you can snowball this into a couple of really good seasons? Or are you going to take the Dino Babers trajectory where you had your one little pop-up season and now the fan base is starting to want you out bit by bit because of some things that you've done in recruiting and, and on the field as well. So there is going to be that split in the road. Now it's only been one year for him and, there have been, it seems like a number of teams that may have come knocking on Halfley's door, but it seems like he's got a loyalty to the program. He wasn't going to bounce after one successful season. And you're going to hit that split in the road in a year or two where, okay, is this going to be the norm or is that going to be the outlier? And that's what you have to go hone in and continue the success that you've built up in your one. Absolutely. And, you know, let's think about it here when it comes to Babers. I think he gets a lot of flack and I wish more people would give grace for the year 2020. Like I just, you shouldn't even think about (laughs) it. It shouldn't even be a season and poor coach Babers who we'll talk about on tomorrow's show winning only one game in the season. And of course, this is a complete aside. I'm just like, damn, he did not have, he was pretty much set up to fail for year 2020. And, you know, and all for all intents and purposes, like you got New York who was going crazy with COVID. You got your players wanting to opt out deciding on last minute whether or not they were going to play in the season that's a lot of stress that's a lot of stress no doubt (laughs) no doubt but I think the thing that Syracuse fans are frustrated with is you go 10 and 3 and then your greatest recruit that you've brought into the program under this head coach is supposed to step in at quarterback and then you follow that up with five and seven I think that's where the frustration lies and not to stray too far from BC but that is that's what a program like BC is going to have to do here. They're going to have to build on the six and five. Okay. So what's this you're going to bring? You're hoping for like a seven and five, eight and four, get to a quality bowl game. And and what, I mean, I don't put a lot of stock into bowl game wins and losses, but Mm -hmm. that, that is the next step for this BC program. Can we go and be an eight win program? 
Well, look, they got Colgate, Mass, and Temple their first three games of the right. season. Your first test is Missouri. So let's just, okay, I got three, three. I'm starting out three, you know, everyone's looking at half mm-hmm. like, oh, he's changed the entire program. But then you've got right. Clemson knocking on your door and you have to go down to Clemson and play them. And we all know, to me, that's your big test. Like, can we hang with them? And last season, they did hang with them. You know, Clemson ultimately imposed their will. But I feel like Boston College had a different smile and a different air about them post that game and so that to me was like okay there's promise here you look at the rest of the schedule I mean with the NC State Louisville and the Syracuse those are very winnable games Virginia Tech who knows what we're going to get out of them Georgia Tech who knows Florida State who knows Wake Forest I mean there's definitely winnable opportunities here for Boston College to have a much better season so I'm thinking it is kind of like an NC State where if you get an eight and four season on the year athletes starting to be in that coach of the year conversation only because of where he's taking this program too. Well, it's funny you bring up that Clemson game because, yes, Clemson is a huge test, obviously, for any team in the ACC, but that also marks the start of a stretch where they're going to go five of seven on the road. And like you mentioned, you're going to have a lot of steam coming out. You're probably going to start 3-0, and and you can very well win that Missouri game at home. So if you're 4-0 heading into that Clemson game, now you got a stretch of seven really tough games in the conference, five of which are on the road. So if you, this is where you see what kind of coach Jeff Halfley is and, and how much the players have bought in, because if they start to stray and maybe they lose the first two or three of that seven game stretch, and then he loses the locker room, then that's a problem. But let's say, okay, you play tough with Clemson and then the, the next couple games on the road, you go out and give a a nice fight and then you beat an NC state and, and you play well against Virginia tech. That is important for this BC program because those are games that in the past they go out and lose and that's fine by them. I mean, it's yeah. the, the norm, the standard, but this is what Halfley's brought in to do to change the standard, change the culture. And that's where you're going to see this. I, I think the most important stretch of this team season is going to be those seven packed in the middle where five are on the road. Yeah, no doubt. And a lot of people are really high on Phil Jerkovich and his ability and how, what he did last year with his tight end and his offensive you know, unit. I think that he's also a quarterback that's going to be in the top you know, of the ACC conversation now that Trevor Lawrence has gone on. Oh, I totally agree. And he was probably the surprise story of last yeah. season. Like everyone kind of saw the Sam Howell thing brewing. But Phil Jerkovich, I mean – the fact that, okay, last year he throws for about 2,500 passing yards. If he slightly improves on that number in next season, he will be a top five passer in BC history. So in two seasons, he can completely elevate through the record books. So welcome to 2021 football, Boston College. But I look at Djurkovic and I'm, I'm interested to see what the weapons are going to look like heading into this season and the running game as well with Travis Levy. Again, they've always had, I felt like a dynamic one, two, are they going to have a two alongside Levy heading into this season? Absolutely. And then you got guys like Isaiah McDuffie on the defensive end and Max Richardson bringing up big uh, tack- total tackle numbers. And I think it's just, okay, can Boston College collectively be a strong unit? Can they be the team that comes together and plays all sides of the ball well? And again, that's a strong conversation to give Coach Halfley, you know, high praise. And the expectations to me of a Boston College, you know, fan base is way different than an NC State or a Syracuse because I think it's like, 
we know we've sucked for so long that we're just happy to see some sort of like positive moments within our program. Right. And I think halfway has a chance to do that because you can see when these fan bases get rejuvenated, it's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I think even back to Syracuse during that 2018 season, when they do go 10 and three, you rejuvenate a, a, a fan base that has gone into the, into slumber for a long time. That's a, that's a big challenge, but when you accomplish it, it feels really good. Yeah. And with Halfley, I mean, you're seeing some steam start to get picked up on the recruiting trail, even in the transfer portal as well. He brought in Jaden Lars would be, that's a former five-star right there. And those don't come around very often at Boston college. He's coming over from Florida state. So he's a safety might see some time at linebacker. They're going to play pretty versatile with him, but I like what Halfley's doing. I think he's a coach to watch in this conference over the next two or three years. No doubt. And maybe he's nice in together because he has had some very delicious treats in Bill Park. Who knows, right? They could be sponsored for all we know. That's why you guys got to try it. I think the strength that comes from Boston College is because of this best tasting protein bar. 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate. Bill Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me and Tyler, you'll enjoy Bill Bar because they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code locked on and get 20% off your next order. So we've got the Atlantic Division conversation down pat and make sure you guys tune in to Tyler who gets an opportunity to talk a lot about the Atlantic Division with Locked on Syracuse and these respective teams that he'll have to face this coming season. But now is the time where we always get to have a little fun, especially in this third segment here and talking about the ACC in general. It's still a new show. We're still getting to know our co-hosts, right? So we got to know who is your favorite player in the ACC from a football perspective of all time? Oh, you're saying of all time. Yeah, ever. Okay, I thought we were going current because nope. uh, current, and you said your power ranking us, so Sam Howell, <laughs> I think, is my number one. Okay. Uh, no, I, my all-time favorite ACC player, and, and sure, it's got a little bias attached to it, but I loved Eric Dungy, and shout-out to him. He just signed a contract with the Cincinnati Bengals, but the way that he played the game, he played so hard. I mean, you just see some of the, the hits he took. He got helicoptered through the air a couple times. He's, he's gone with the flying kick a couple times as well. That's, that's one guy. And then if I had to pick another one, I would go with uh, Travis Etienne. I know okay. he played on a lot of loaded Clemson teams, and, and sure, he got his due, but – I feel like people didn't realize how dynamic he was because not only was he a great runner, but he was also a fantastic pass catcher. And I think he provided a lot of safety valves for Trevor Lawrence over their time there. And I'm happy to see that they're on the same team once again. Absolutely. And I think it's kind of crazy how Travis literally, I felt like he was on that team for like 12 years. Cause I'm like every year it was like <laughs> yeah. breaking your own record and right. you know, even more. Well, and then he decides to come back that one yeah. year too. And everyone thought he was going to the draft and he very well could have gone and probably maybe not a first round pick, but I think that was more because of the, the nature of how NFL execs see the running back position, as opposed to what his true talent is. He probably would have been a second or third round pick. No, no shame in that as a running back, especially. But it, the fact that he came back and even though it didn't pay off with them winning a national championship, I, I always love that story of the guy who comes back, even though he could have been yeah. a highly sought after draft pick. And Travis Etienne is just another iteration of that. 
Well, I would, I'm curious as to how it's going to pan out with the Jacksonville Jaguars with him being reunited with his Clemson quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. And I think that's, we've seen that be more of a frequent common wave of having guys who played in college together, have an instant connection. And Jacksonville had that one spark moment with Blake Bortles and getting to the <laughs> AFC championship. Uh, it's not semifinals, but you know what I'm trying to say. But I think mm-hmm. it's like, okay, can the Jaguars get back to that with Trevor Lawrence and having someone who's super reliable like Travis Etienne? Or is it a different game? Because, you know, listen, people hit differently in the NFL. So it's not going to be your uh, people who are missing quite the same as they probably did when he's going up against the Boston Colleges and the NC States of the world. Well, it's the versatility. I mean, you think about what we've even heard out of the rookie mini camps is that he's taking snaps at receiver. And it was always an interesting draft pick because we know how little NFL vex execs have started to value the running back position. And they already had a stellar dude back there in James Robinson. I mean, a guy who was, uh, I think, I believe a pro bowler and he put up uh, all pro caliber numbers in his rookie season as an undrafted free agent. And then you go out and spend a first round draft pick. So I would always, I would lean towards urban Myers got something tucked up his sleeve on how he wants to use ETN. He's going to get creative with it. And I'd imagine it's not just going to be a running back role for ETN. I think we're going to see maybe some two back sets. You'll see ETN split out wide. Plus he's got the chemistry with Lawrence. And, And I'm glad you brought that up because there is that theme that's growing. I mean, just look in this year's draft, obviously pairing up ETN with Trevor Lawrence, but then Jalen Waddle, he's going to go reunite with Tua. You've got Jamar Chase. He's going to the Bengals to reunite with Joe Burrow. It's cool. And I think that this is going to be something where we might look back on this draft class and say, you know what? Some teams did some sneaky things here, but those are the things that the little things that maybe helped them win a playoff game or two. 100% agree. A very interesting pick, you know, Mr. Dungy. I would not have guessed that. You know, a lot of people go with the very obvious and typical responses. So I appreciate a little different <laughs> difference every now and again. So that, that's pretty cool. Cool. I'm going to do some more research and make sure I get vetted, fully vetted in his performances and maybe do some highlights on YouTube. But no doubt, I like that. So thank you for enlightening the folks here at Locked on ACC. Can you remind them of where they can go and listen to more of your work? Yes, you can check us out, Locked on Syracuse. Also follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse, giving you all the latest orange news and buzz five days a week. Now, please don't tell me that you guys are on the team Fire Babers. I just, I, I don't want to, I've no, we're week, but you know, I'm going into the season and I don't want to check in and be like, okay, I'm talking about one thing over here, but y'all have a different agenda. Here's what we're saying, all right? <laughs> This is a make or break year. And I think he knows that too, because you don't have, you don't go out and get a guy in the transfer portal, a highly coveted quarterback transfer without thinking your job might be on the line. Mm -hmm. That's, that's all I'm going to, that's what I'll leave it at. (laughs) This is true. And you're an offensive guy. So, you know, your, your hat hangs on whether you perform offensively. So I get it. I get it. No doubt. Well, if you guys want to hear more of the news from about Syracuse or any of the other top news coming out of the major sporting world, make sure you guys hit up locked on today podcast host Peter Bukowski updates you in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow locked on today 
podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Wednesday edition of Locked on ACC. You can download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Locked on ACC. And we make sure that we give you guys the best news. And we got some great content coming in next week. So you'll just have to stay tuned then for Candace Cooper and Tyler Ockeby. Leave you with this. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.